Hello and welcome to Potter Nims, a Harry Potter podcast about Wizarding World words. My name is Al, and I'm a giant nerd. With me is my co-host and brother. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm not quite the Harry Potter geek or word nerd that Al is, so most of this will be new to me. Obviously, there will be spoilers. Each week, I'll choose a Wizarding World word and tell you all about why it is so awesome and clever. So whether you're like me and you know most of this already, or you're like me and most of this is a surprise, I hope you learn something that will add to your enjoyment of this phenomenal fantasy world. So today, I want to talk about Godric Gryffindor. Godric Gryffindor. Godric Gryffindor. Okay, with the double G alliteration. <laughs> uh huh. You know, she likes that. <laughs> <laughs> so this probably is a character that has nothing to do with Hogwarts whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So, in fact, Gryffindor is one of the four founders of Hogwarts, uh, who the houses are named after. Yeah. And he was the one who valued bravery the most. That is the, the Gryffindor quality. Bravery. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, daring, courage, determination, strength of heart, chivalry. They're all kind of in the same realm, right? Y- yes. That kind yes. of... Positive warrior kind of thing, I mm, guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, Hogwarts was founded in the 11th century. So, he was probably born sometime in the, the mid to late 900s. Mm. Um, and he was a, a tall, muscular man with a quote unquote lion like mane of red hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is appropriate because you know what the Gryffindor house animal is? Uh, a lion? Mm, how did you ever guess? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a lion. And the colors are red and gold. So he was a mm-hmm. redhead and lions are kind of golden, you know? Yeah. So the name Godric is an Anglo-Saxon name. And he me- it means he who rules with God or he who rules well or God's mm. power. Mm-hmm. Um, God, the God part is is obviously God, um, and then Rick. We've we've heard this suffix before um, from the textbook author episode, and Rick Switch, and mm-hmm. it's part of your name as well. Yes, um, yes, meaning ruler or mighty or power. So he's basically a mighty godlike ruler, Godric. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I guess uh, you know appropriate for one of the the four founders. Yeah. The one who who valued bravery the most. <laughs> yes, definitely. The most famous Godric is St. Godric of Finchale, who was a hermit um, who actually lived around the same time as, as Godric Gryffindor would have, um, if mm-hmm. he had been in real. Um, <laughs> even though he was a hermit, uh, he was thought of as a very wise and holy man, and, and famous Catholics like Thomas Becket and, and Pope Alexander III were known to, to seek his advice. Okay. And he was also known for kindness to animals. Um, there's one particular story where he hid a stag from hunters, which, you know, stag is, is Harry and his father's Patronus. And he was also known to let snakes warm by his fire. And Godric Gryffindor was a was a friend of, of Salazar Slytherin, the original big snake guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, his spirit animal being the snake. But, you know, they, they fell out. Um, Slytherin left Hogwarts um, when he wanted to stop letting Muggleborns in and the other three founders disagreed. 
So that first name, you know, fits with him, you think? It does. And, you know, getting kind of like a, a noble kind of vibe, uh, mm-hmm. which fits with the colors as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, that kind of godlike power or like kind of mm-hmm. ruler vibe, but with respect to people and creatures and, and rather than using that power to control mm. um, necessarily. I'm getting that kind of like a happy, um, <laughs> pleasant vibe rather mm. than a, like I am looking down on people kind of ruler vibe. Mm. Which is probably a um, good vibe for one who basically rules the school. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to their last name, Gryffindor. Uh, you remember what a griffin is? Uh, griffin, a uh, magical creature. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say the head of an eagle, mm-hmm. the body of a lion. Yes! Yes! Yeah. You got it. <laughs> head and wings <laughs> of an eagle, body of a lion. Whew. Yes. <laughs> So there's kind of a, a lion connection there. Part of yeah. a griffin is a lion. Although the other part uh, is an eagle, which is actually the symbol of Ravenclaw House. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some, any significance there. Uh, if he also prized intelligence as Ravenclaw did. But uh-huh. anyway, um, yes, uh, griffin being the half lion creature. And then door could be from the French d'or with an apostrophe after the D, which means of gold or golden. So basically like a golden griffin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have seen some references where a golden griffin is actually a specific type of griffin, which is actually mostly lion Mm. and only has the wings of an eagle. So a golden griffin maybe is just basically a winged lion um, with gold fur and feathers. Ah. So, Mr. Gryffindor here, I can see him as his godlike benevolent ruler uh, soaring, a soaring lion over the land Mm, or mm -hmm. uh, over Hogwarts. (laughs) Yes. So, Gryffindor was known as one of the best duelists of his time. Mm. So, he was proficient not only with a wand dueling, but also sword dueling. And Mm. he would use either his wand or his sword depending on if his opponent was a muggle or a wizard so he had this kind of sense of fair play um that that he didn't want to fight a a non-magical creature with magic you know well that goes along with kind of the nobility of Mm -hmm. and bravery aspect of like well i'm not going to do things in a way where i have the obvious upper hand and it's not (laughs) even a fair fight Right. So it's definitely that that chivalry, that's fair play, but also in a way like challenging himself or or proving his worth, you know, to to yeah. do things on an equal footing and still succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this seems like a a, a good person. Mhm. Yes. I believe that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gryffindor's sword is one of two magical objects or relics related to him that still survive in the time of the books. Mm-hmm. His sword is goblin made and encrusted with rubies and capable of absorbing qualities of those that it slays. So this kind of comes into play in that in book two, Harry uses Gryffindor's sword to kill the basilisk. Yeah. And so it absorbed the qualities of basilisk venom. So then the sword could be used to destroy a horcrux. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So it's this ability of it to absorb powers that made it able to destroy Horcruxes. It wasn't just innate of the sword itself. Mm-hmm. And it actually, mm-hmm. Gryffindor's sword ends up destroying three of the seven Horcruxes. Dumbledore uses it to destroy Marvologant's ring. Ron uses it to destroy Salazar Slytherin's locket. And Neville uses it to kill the snake Nagini. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. That's yeah. a cool concept for the sword to take on powers. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, the, this is the big example is that it took on the, the powers of Basilisk Venom, but I don't know if it also absorbed, you know, qualities from, like, people that he slayed with it, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And what that would, would look like, what that would mean. Hmm. But um, the Sword of Gryffindor goes along with the second magical object relic that he left behind, which was, do you know what that was? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I didn't I really think do, you would. But no, okay. <laughs> it is, in fact, the Sorting Hat. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The Sorting Hat was Godric Gryffindor's hat. You know, once he and the and the other three founders decided that they were going to split people into four houses, depending on their their biggest strengths, they needed a way to be able to do that after they were gone. Mm-hmm. And so Gryffindor took the hat off his head and was like, let's use this. And all four of them, you know, enchanted it um, so that it would sort according to their wishes uh, indefinitely into the future. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. And both of these objects are things that will sort of come to a a true Gryffindor in need, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So both Harry and Neville have been able to pull the sword out of the sorting hat when they needed Mm it. Yep. There are these relics that he he still, you know, besides the legacy of his name in the castle and, and starting the school, you know, he has a more tangible legacy in these objects that still come into play in this series. Right. Oh, that's cool. His legend lives on mm. and his nobility lives on. Yes. <laughs> and becomes uh, integral to the story. In multiple ways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple little fun facts here. He's the only one of the four founders to not have any children that we know about. Even though for for a long time when the books were still being written, um, fans had maybe speculated that Harry was a descendant of Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after all the books have been published, that was debunked. Harry was actually a descendant of, of the Peverells. But um, <laughs> that's a different one. A different episode. <laughs> <laughs> so there aren't any, you know, Gryffindor descendants running around at the time of the of the books. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It's almost like if he did have heirs, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, you know, his sword and the sorting hat or whatever uh, wouldn't have uh, become passed down to the mm. uh, the school itself. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's uh, a good thing that he didn't yeah. actually have kids. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. The school was his baby. The school was his kids. And he, <laughs> he left his, his most prized possessions there. <laughs> well, and and in that sense, you know, with his first name, the reference to God, mm-hmm. you know, all the all the kids that get sorted into the house of Gryffindor are oh. are children of him or mm. in, in kind of a way. He is a godlike figure taking them under his wing kind of thing. Mm, I like that. Yes, mm. that works. Mm, Interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is just kind of a, a funny thing that I came across uh, somewhere that it's a, a J.K. Rowling once made a joke that if Gryffindor was still alive, he would be the giant squid in the lake at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> 
She was, <laughs> I think she was just trying to talk about the absurdity of some, you know, fan theories and stuff. But she was saying, you know, oh, yeah, if he were still alive, he would be the giant squid. He would be the largest animagus who ever was. And he would only become human for one hour just before midnight each night to wander the grounds and make sure all was well at Hogwarts. <laughs> So this is not canon at all, but I thought it was kind of a funny, uh, a funny thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining. I don't know. I, for some reason, I don't feel like his animagus would be a giant squid. But... <laughs> no, I think it would be a lion. <laughs> right. Right. But now I'm picturing a giant squid walking around with the sorting hat on its head. <laughs> <laughs> And a mane of golden hair. Yeah. <laughs> and a sword in each tentacle. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then the other little fun fact I have is that similar to Thestrals, there is a real world animal with a name relating to Gryffindor. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. There is a species of spider called the Aerovixia gryffindori. Oh. And it was named after Gryffindor from the Harry Potter series. Whoa. Yeah, this spider has only been known for, you know, two or three years at the time of recording here. And it was specifically named after Gryffindor because its body is triangular shaped like the sorting hat. Oh, okay. Which I think is a little bit of a stretch, but... It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Whoever named it, that's what they thought of, so okay. <laughs> okay. I thought it was going to be like a really brave spider or something. Right? Or a really hairy golden one. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now there's a link there between the spider and the the squid, at mm, least, that they mm-hmm. all have both have multiple arms. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. And I suppose a winged lion has a couple extra appendages, so to speak. <laughs> all right. Now we're really stretching. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> So that is Godric Gryffindor, the first of the founders that we have discussed. Yes. Well, you know, having not known anything at all about the background behind Godric Gryffindor, or even knowing that his first name was Godric, (laughs) Mm -hmm. definitely a fitting name, definitely paints a picture in my mind of what this this guy looked like and what what his personality was and what Mm -hmm. he he was all about. I, I, I wonder... Mm-hmm. You know, Gryffindor is a fitting founder to talk about first, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm excited to learn more about the other three founders. Yes, um, and if there's anything interesting about their names and what their I don't mm-hmm. I don't know all of their first names either. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll surprise you when we get to them. How's that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. But yeah. Well, if you're interested in learning more about the other three founders and all the other characters and places and spells and all the other fun words in this series, make sure you're subscribed to the Potternims podcast. Check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Potternims, and uh, share with any other friends who you think would find this kind of stuff cool. Definitely. And you can also check out animated versions of our podcast and including shorter clips from it on YouTube. And if you want extra bonus clips, stuff that didn't make the episode, gag reels and such, you can uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash potternims. Well, until next time, I'm Eric. And I'm Al. And this has been Potternims. Potternims.